0: Borderlands Buzz, a podcast brought to you by the Borderlands Research Institute at Sol State University. The Borderlands Research Institute is conserving the last frontier through research, education, and outreach. Support for this podcast comes from Texas Parks
1: and Wildlife Foundation. Saldana. Our guest today is artist Mary Baxter, who has made a name for herself with her spectacular paintings of the Big Bend region of West Texas. Thanks for being with us, Mary.
0: Well, thank you for having me.
1: So, Mary, you're the second featured artist in BRI's Big Bend Artists for Conservation Initiative. We're shining the spotlight on artists who inspire us with their images of the landscapes and wildlife of West Texas. So let's start with just a little bit of your backstory. How did you end up in West Texas as a full-time artist?
0: Well, um, it was almost accidental. I guess I just got lucky. My then-partner and I were running cattle and horses um, on a place in Holotis, Texas, which is near San Antonio. And through a friend of a friend, we managed to obtain a grass lease down south of Marfa near Casa Piedra. So we ran more cattle, for several years at that location. He had to go back and take care of business in Holotus, and I stayed on at the ranch. And I guess as I was driving around, taking care of cattle and checking on water, I just began to really see the landscape. And at first it was, it took a while. It was harsh and a little bit different than what I was used to, but it really began to grow on me. So I began to do some paintings just for fun. And then a friend owned a gallery in Alpine, Carrie Arts, had the Kiowa Gallery, and she offered to put some in her gallery. And I was surprised that they sold pretty quickly. So I did more and she sold more and it kind of went from there.
1: That's really awesome. Now, I understand you did go to school. You studied art in school, right?
0: I did. Um, Right out of high school, I took a few art classes I took basic painting with Charles Field who remains to this day my mentor um and some drawing classes but I guess I didn't really believe that a person could make a living at fine art and a second serendipitous thing that happened was I began to run around with the photographer James Evans and he showed me that a person actually could um do fine art for a living. So that was a, another very lucky
1: break. I, I love to hear people's stories. It's really, really cool. So can you describe the scope of your work for our audience? You know, How long have you been painting? How many pieces of artwork have you created in your career? Just give us an idea of the scope of your work.
0: Well, I guess I started painting, I think it was 1995 when we got the ranch. So I began painting then, and it sort of grew, and I began painting more and more days and hours I don't know about the scope, Lydia. Um, I don't know. Probably a couple thousand small ones, maybe, the studies that I do quickly. And I have no idea on the larger works. But it's probably, gosh, coming on 30 years' worth of work. And I also do some bronze sculptures of wildlife as well.
1: Okay, so that segues. to so the next question I wanted to ask you, which is what medium do you work in?
0: Mostly oil, mostly oil on canvas. Um, For a long time I was using polyfiber as a different type surface or seconite. Now I'm back on canvas again, sometimes on panel, but mostly oil.
1: And then you mentioned you're doing some sculpture too.
0: Yes, correct. I'm doing some um, bronze sculptures of rabbits and mules and some different animals.
1: So that seems a little bit of a stretch to go from painting to sculpture, is is it?
0: I don't think so, no. I think in some cases uh, a lot of artists say it's almost easier in some ways to work in 3D. And, you know, you just have this, this love and appreciation for the beauty of an animal or the way they move. And I think we just have this desire to somehow copy that.
1: So how does the flora, fauna, the landscapes, the wildlife of Big Ben inspire you?
0: oh it never ceases to inspire it's just constantly changing it seems like it's every day there's something new that I haven't seen before it's never dull it's just always evolving I you know I I can take a walk every evening and it seems like still every single day I find something new a different plant or a different bug that I've never seen before
1: so you you mentioned at the top of this conversation that Your your work was shown in a gallery in Alpine, and you were surprised that somebody bought it and then bought some more. So at this point, you've shown your work and sold your work all over Texas and the Southwest. Why do you think the Big Bend region is of so much interest to so many?
0: I guess it's just its beauty, and it seems also like um, it might be a surprise to people that it can be so beautiful when they just think, desert and then they get out here and they discover what we've discovered and that there is real beauty in this desert.
1: So I know you've shown your work in galleries across Texas and I bet you've run into people that didn't really know about the Big Bend region. What does it mean to you to open their eyes to this special part of Texas?
0: Oh that's always fun. I used to have a sort of a gallery space in my studio in Marathon. I was in Marathon for about 10 years and I can't tell you how many lifelong Texans would come in and it might be their first trip to the Big Bend region, and they were always so surprised. They just had no idea, and yet here they'd grown up in Texas. And so it was always fun to hear their delight at discovering the region.
1: Tell us a little bit about how you work. I mean, do you have an idea? You mentioned you take walks and you can be inspired, but do you do you know the subject before you tackle a new piece of work? Do you do commissions? How does the magic happen?
0: Um, I really truly really try to be in a place for quite a while. I don't like to work from photographs, although I do now some, but not as much as um, I could. So I like to immerse myself in a place for several days or even longer and see it in different light and really sort of hang out longer. It seems like the longer I stay in a place, obviously, the more it unfolds and reveals itself And that's always fun.
1: So now I understand that you work out of a trailer for some of your plein air works. Tell us about that.
0: I did. I sold the trailer recently. (laughs) And I I loved the trailer. My friend called it the silver hut. It was an old vintage silver streak. And it was really ideal because I'm lucky to have a lot of friends with ranches, kind of like friends with boats. But my friends with ranches would let me park it there. And that way... I could be there for the sunrises and the sunsets. My husband and I are kind of funny. We don 't like to drive before day, daylight or after dark because of all the critters that are out. So the trailer opened up a lot of times of day and evening that I wouldn't have had otherwise. It was a tool, and I 'm looking for another one to replace it <laughs>
1: okay. That's- <laughs> that sounds great. Now, we're going to be sharing some of your works with our audience, and you shared a couple of pieces with us that I want to ask you about. One painting that you shared with us features a mule with its own story. Tell us about that.
0: Well, the mule is out of place, obviously, in the desert, <laughs> in a sense. This was way down west of the Chinati Mountains, and I was looking for paintings and hanging out down there for several days, and I had been looking actively to buy a mule. So I'd been looking online and really thinking for a long time about obtaining a mule, and then it was like she was dropped from the sky. There she was, and she was really a beautiful mule. I mean, just kind of unusually beautiful, and she just kind of stood there and looked at me funny, and um, I got back to the house later, and I started calling around, and I found the The guy that owned her he had cattle down in that area he said yeah you can just have her if you can catch her and (laughs) it turned out she wasn't at all broke or even halter broke and she'd been stomping his dogs and (laughs) apparently she was not very wanted so I had to pass on that mule but I figured she hooked up with the Mexican donkeys later on so she wasn't going to be lonely much longer (laughs) (laughs) now
1: another painting that we're going to share with our audience features a you you sent us two. You sent us one with a jackrabbit rabbit and some bull bats. Tell us about those wildlife sightings and how they ended up
0: The Jackrabbit, um well I like everybody likes jackrabbits, how can you not? But I was down actually working on a project for the Parks Centennial and I was near the Chignati Mountains again and I was painting a landscape looking off I think to the west and I was hard at it. And I noticed this jackrabbit was not too far away. And it was—it must have been in the heat of the day because he was there in his shade and he just didn't really want to get up and move. And I don't know, I just thought it was kind of cool the way he just laid there and he was unbothered by me. I guess he'd never been bothered by a person before. And he stayed there the whole time. I think when I packed up and moved on, he was still in the shade. So I did the painting mostly off of just memory and the idea of the jackrabbit hanging out like that for so long.
1: So you mentioned the Chinati Mountains, and I know we had a previous conversation that you're also working on a project for the centennial of the state park system. Tell tell us about that and what you're working on about that project and, um, you know, what you've done for that.
0: Yes, um, 30 artists, I believe it's 30 or 31 artists across Texas were chosen to be part of the Texas State Parks Centennial Celebration, and we were all assigned... Two parks. I think a few got three parks. And I was assigned the Chinati Mountain State Natural Area, which was an area I knew and loved already. So that was a good deal for me. And the other park I was assigned is the Pecos, I'm sorry, the Devil's River State Park.
1: So what, um, I mean, had you been to Devil's River? You mentioned you'd been to Chinati. Have you been to Devil's River before?
0: I had been there before too, yes, to do that. That was for a project through the Fultz Gallery. At that time it was called the Reeves Gallery. And it was for the Texas Rivers Project.
1: Awesome, awesome. Uh-huh. So the, 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 tell us about that, that project, those uh, works, they're going to come out at the end of 2022. There's a book. What can you, Do you know the details of that?
0: I don't know all the details. There is a book coming out through Texas A&M Press, and there's a museum show that will travel to four different museums. So that's really exciting. I think the artists have all finished up our paintings for that project, and now it's in the, I don't know what you would call it, the publishing process and everything else, but we're all very excited about it. I'm really, really honored and excited to be with this group of artists because I think most of them are the best in the state.
1: So Chinati Mountains, I mean, that's not something that anybody can go to. You've, you're fortunate that you've had access through, I guess, private landowners and such. What are you trying to get across in that to folks about Chinati Mountains?
0: I guess the beauty of the mountains. They're, they're kind of a hidden
1: treasure. And the yeah. same, same question for Devil's River?
0: Yes, yeah, also it's one of the most beautiful rivers in the state. It's also hard to get to. It's, it's limited access. But it's so pristine and beautiful. Um, I hope We all hope it stays that way, certainly.
1: So, um, you know, we're talking to you because we selected you as one of the artists for the Big Bend um, Artists for Conservation. I know you've been in West Texas a while now, and you've watched the Borderlands Research Institute, I guess sort of kind of from the sidelines. What is your impression of the work that BRI is doing out there?
0: Oh, I'm absolutely amazed with what they're able to do and what they've accomplished. I guess I got turned on to them. I was in the Texas Master Naturalist, the first class they offered, and that was fun. And I believe Dr. Harvison was one of the first speakers, and that's where I was first introduced to what he and the BRI was doing. And as I learned more about them, I just really loved what they were doing as the go-between between private property owners, ranchers, conservationists. I mean, it seemed like they were the first group, at least in this area, that were doing that as their mission.
1: Well, I think anyone that knows Dr. Harbison, and I, I've, I've known him for many years, and I just think so highly of him. He really is a, a Pied Piper for conservation. So when, exactly. <laughs> when he called you to take part in this uh, Big Ben Artist for Conservation, why did you agree to do it?
0: Why? Oh, gosh. Well, first off, it was an honor to be asked by him. But maybe more importantly, I would do anything I could to help what they do, to help their mission, to help their, to get the word out about them. I would, I would love to contribute in any way.
1: Thank you so much for your time, Mary. Any closing comments as we wrap up?
0: Well, thank you, Lydia. I've enjoyed talking with you about all this. It just gives me such, I don't know, such great hope to, to be involved with so many people that love the land as much as we do. I'm just honored to be part of it. So thank you. Borderlands Buzz is brought to you by the Borderlands Research Institute at Sul Ross State University and sponsored by Texas Parks and Wildlife Foundation. Find out more about our work at bri.sulross.edu.